Warning, the following message may be offensive to some audiences. These audiences may include but are not limited to professing Christians who never read their Bible, sissies, sodomites, men with man buns, those who approve of men with man buns, man bun enablers, white knights for men with man buns, homemakers who have finished Netflix but don't know how to meal plan, and people who refer to their pets as fur babies. Viewer discretion is advised. People are tired of hearing nothing but doom and despair on the radio. The message of Christianity is that salvation is found in Christ alone, and any who reject Christ therefore forfeit any hope of salvation, any hope of heaven. The issue is that humanity is in sin and the wrath of Almighty God is hanging over our heads. They will hear his words, they will not act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment, when the fires of wrath come, they will be consumed and they will perish. God wrapped himself in flesh, condescended, and became a man, died on the cross for sin, was resurrected on the third day, has ascended to the right hand of the Father, where he sits now to make intercession for us. Jesus is saying there is a group of people who will hear his words, they will act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment come in that final day, their house will stand. Welcome to Bible Bash, where we aim to equip the saints for the works of ministry by answering the questions you're not allowed to ask. We're your host, Harrison Kerrigan, Pastor Tim Mullet, and today we'll be seeking to answer the age-old question, why are effeminate men gross and wrong? Now, this is a conversation <laughs> <laughs> This is a conversation that's been, um, you know, it's been going on for a while now, especially within the last few years. I think we've all sort of seen this really strange pushback against normal uh, gender stereotypes, especially as the LGBTQ movement uh, has really kind of taken off and, and become such a dominant feature of online culture. Uh, you, see, you see a lot of people who really try and fight against the idea that men and women are different in a lot of different ways and, and they have various strengths and weaknesses. Uh, that are specific to their gender. And so we've seen a lot of people who are trying to come along and say, hey, look, men and women are the exact same. There's no differences between them. Yeah, they're basically just interchangeable parts, right? Right, yeah, and the, they're interchangeable parts. And, and even it, we've taken it so far that even now, you know, men can get pregnant by women, uh-huh. right? That's how far, that's how that's far just, we've tried to take it. That's what's so weird about it. What's so weird about it is that this is the exact point that the transgender people are making. And then you have conservative Christians who are basically sounding just like the transgender individuals are, are sounding, you know, as it relates to this topic of effeminacy. So, you know, basically, I, I don't know how we're arguing with them if there is no such thing as masculinity and if there is no such thing as fem, uh, femininity. And then if there really isn't even a concept of effeminacy in general. So, I mean, plenty of the conversations I've had with people this week have been over this topic of effeminacy. And you have basically, you know, Christians who don't even have a category for what that could be. Right. And why that could be wrong. Right. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, you've really seen this, this war against it basically. Um, But then, you know, for so much, for so much of human history, it seemed like pretty much every single society throughout the throughout human history has understood that men and women are different and that, you know, men are, are better 
at certain things than women are and vice versa. Women are better at certain things uh, compared to men as well. And it seems like every culture before us has really understood that to a certain degree, but then we've come along and, and really sort of um, twisted things in a way that's extremely unnatural. I mean, unnatural pretty much in every way that you could possibly think of. Um, and so, so that leads us, that leads us to the problem we have now, which is you have, you have men who are coming, even Christian men who are coming along and saying, Hey, it's okay to be effeminate. The Bible doesn't necessarily, the Bible doesn't, you know, um, it doesn't, it doesn't condemn men who are effeminate. You know, you don't have to be this, you know, really muscular dude who's angry all the time. And you know, drinks a beer every other, every other minute, right. And then smashes the can on his forehead. You don't have to be that kind of guy. And, you know, that's, that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but it really, it's, it's kind of, it's not much, not much of an exaggeration. It's really not. And it's kind of, it's kind of jarring, honestly, to see Christians who are, I guess I shouldn't be surprised by anything at this point, but it, it is kind of jarring to see Christians come along and, you know, say things like the Bible doesn't, doesn't mention effeminacy right uh as something that men should avoid which is just i mean you just have to i mean just read the bible (laughs) and and you know that's not true but that that's what is leading us to have this uh type of episode uh that is to say you know why why is it so weird why is it gross why is it wrong when we see men who behave like they're women essentially um and so so i guess I guess where we'll start is just that topic question, Tim, is why, why, you know, just on surface level, when I see, when I see a guy who is, who's dressed effeminately or who, you know, carries themselves effeminately or, or speaks effeminately, it, it's strange to me. It feels weird to see that. Per- I, you know, like, obviously you're, you're a hateful bigot. Well, man. I mean, yeah, obviously, obviously I'm that. So. Putting that part of it aside, <laughs> why why is it just why does it feel wrong to even just observe someone else uh, behaving that way? Well, I guess you have you have two components to the question. So you have the component why is it gross, and then you have the component why is it wrong. So um, and then you know you're asking it in a way that you're collapsing both of those two things together. But yeah. I mean, I guess we can we can address the gross first, and then. If you want, we can address the wrong later. I, I suppose that's the order you're wanting to go in. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's go in that order. All right. So the gross part. I mean, <laughs> so I mean, the gross part is one of those things where you shouldn't have to even answer that question because it's one of those things that Paul essentially, um, you know, in First Corinthians 11, he's having a discussion about long hair and men. He's basically saying nature itself teaches that it's shameful for men to have long hair, and when he says that. What he's saying is nature itself is teaching something, meaning like you should, you're you should intuitively know that this is gross. Mm-hmm. I mean that would be another way to put it, like it's shameful, meaning it's gross, right? Like it's it's shameful, meaning like when you see a guy with long hair, Paul is saying what you should think is you should think that that is strange and that is intuitively repelling in certain in a certain way it should be shameful uh, so you have uh, what's described as the yuck factor you know that many people use to describe this sort of thing but there should be a yuck factor mm-hmm. that's associated with it like a sign of shame like i feel embarrassed for you i feel the kind of i'm starting to internalize the kind of shame that you should be feeling 
but you strangely aren't, right? <laughs> right, right. That, that, that's what's going on. Now, now the reason why that, that would be, so like in a certain sense, this should be, when a man acts like a woman and he takes on the habits, the practices, the mannerisms, the dress, like uh, when he presents himself with all the signs and symbols that are associated with femininity, when he does that, everyone should be grossed out. Mm-hmm. Everyone should be. Um, yeah, emphasis on should be. They should be, you know, I mean, and I was, I was making fun of Big Eva and I made a meme, you know, that I shared that got a few, got, got a few laughs out of it. But, um, you know, it's basically saying, you know, Paul says to men, uh, be strong, act like men. And then Big Eva says, we got this. And I showed the picture of the guy in the Crocs with the long hair and the <laughs> hugging the puppies, cuddling the puppies with this skirt on, you know. And I, I had people argue with me about that picture as if. I mean, I couldn't believe some of the responses I got, people arguing with me about that picture, but like that should be gross. And the reason why it should be gross is because like intuitively what people should know is that like a man doesn't make a good woman. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's something repelling about it because like what happens is you're, you're, what you're witnessing is a caricature of an idea. Right. So you're not witnessing the real thing. So fem- like, and this is what people can't understand. Like femininity is a great thing. Like femininity is a wonderful thing. Like a woman can embody femininity. And when a woman embodies femininity, like that's a glorious thing in the Bible. Like women are made to be the glory of a man. That's a glorious thing. It's a majestic thing. It's a wonderful thing. That's a great thing. And like, uh, like, but then all you have to imagine is you have to imagine Bruce Jenner putting on a dress and you realize that it doesn't, it's not glorious anymore. It doesn't translate very well. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. Like what you've done is you've just made a mockery of the thing, right? Right. So you like you've you've taken this concept that is appropriate when it's embodied in the way that it's supposed to embody, and you've turned it into something that's a parody of itself. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, men are not made for beauty in the same way. Men are not made. Uh, men are men are not made to be beautiful, and, and women are. Right? right. So a woman can be beauty, beautiful. She can embody that. But when a man puts up, put, puts upon himself and takes upon it, uh, takes it upon himself to put all those symbols of femininity on himself, all you get is a caricature. In the same way that, like, if a woman tries to make herself butch and manly, it's not like it. It's not intimidating, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's pretty off-putting. Yeah, it's pretty off-putting. It's gross, right? It's gross, like to see the lesbian bull dyke or whatever. Like that's that's gross. Like it's not like it's not manly. It's not intimidating. It doesn't accomplish the effect like that you're intending to accomplish. Right. So when some radical feminist comes along, cuts off all of her hair, right. Puts herself in the ugliest clothes imaginable and tries to present herself as strong, as strong. No man looks at that and thinks to himself, man, I'm intimidated. Mm -hmm. They think to himself, what a joke. Right. I mean, uh, that's assuming that the man is you know, fairly masculine. I could, I could, I could see some effeminate men <laughs> saying, Hey, I'm pretty um, intimidated by this lady. <laughs> if there is a, such a man that actually exists, you know, and I'm sure that there are a few, then that would be a sign of judgment upon him. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know, the same thing is, is happening with the guy on the other end. So it should be gross because it's contrary to nature, meaning God's designed certain things to function in certain ways. And when you reject the design that he has, it, so men are designed to be strong. Women are designed to be beautiful, among other things, okay? Mm-hmm. But when you have a woman trying to present herself as strong, it's, it becomes a caricature yeah. of the concept. And when, when you have a man presenting himself as beautiful, 
is a caricature. So the more that you do that, uh, the more that you um, you 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 embrace these symbols of femininity or masculinity when you, they're not appropriate to your gender. All you're doing is you're making yourself into a parody, essentially. Yeah, it's the equivalent of blackface. <laughs> Uh, but even but, worse, I think. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think way worse. Right, um, right. So that's why that's why it's gross, right? I mean, that would be that would be part of why it's gross. I mean, that's what Paul is saying when he's saying nature itself is teaching this. It's like, you know, it like essentially what you're meant to imagine is trying to use a screwdriver to hammer a nail. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't like you ruin the design that way. It's not designed for that purpose, and so you're. You're meant to think, oh, don't do that, right? right? So, I mean, if you see someone like taking a wrench and hammering a nail or something, everyone just kind of goes like recoils at that a little bit, right? You think to yourself, like, oh, you know, uh-huh. like, like that's not what it's made for, right. and you're ruining a perfectly good thing here, right? Mm-hmm. And so, that's the reaction we should have with a feminacy is to be just it's shameful, it's gross, okay? Um, so it's shameful, it's gross. Um, I guess one of the responses that a lot of people um, really seem to have when it comes to this conversation is basically to say, hey, the Bible doesn't say men need to be manly, (laughs) (laughs) which is a little funny because it's kind of I personally, I think that this is pretty telling of someone's understanding of the Bible um, (laughs) because, you know, you don't even have to read through the whole thing to understand that men, God requires men to be like men. I mean, <laughs> I, I know, I, I know for some that's kind of a profound sounding statement, but if you it's just a deep mystery, if you, if you just read the Bible a little bit, you know, and, and I, mean, I, you I just think, go you know, I think Genesis, right. In Genesis. Okay. Genesis. Well, in the beginning, he made them male and female. Right. So then what you think, when you read that in the beginning, you made them male and female, that male and female are two different things. Right. With, with completely different roles, right? With different roles, but not only different roles, but different strengths and weaknesses. They're mm-hmm. just, they're designed in different ways. And I mean, you don't even have to, like, it doesn't take a lot of intelligence to figure this out, mm-hmm. you know, like meaning, uh, you know, and I, I posted this on Twitter because I thought it was somewhat interesting, but my daughter, she's four, uh, Vivian, she has a, game that she likes to play with me every night and it's and it's this game where you know what's your favorite animal it, that's so she likes to chit chat with me before you know i'm putting her to bed she wants to chit chat with me like a woman does right mm-hmm. and so then she, so she engages in you know small talk with me and then you know she asked me what's my favorite animal and so i would give her my favorite animal so when i first started doing this game I thought, okay, what's my favorite animal? And I was trying to think because I'm not, you know, big animal lover. And so I thought, you know, sheep, because I can make uh, euros out of them, right? <laughs> and so, hey, lamb is lamb. Lamb's pretty good. I love lamb. So that's how I was trying to. I was trying to answer it that way, but then she looked at me. She said, "No, sheep are sheep are girl animals." And so <laughs> she was policing my answers, right? So I couldn't say sheep because sheep in her mind was a girl animal. And so I thought, huh, that's weird, you know? And so then I said, well, okay, well, cows, because I was thinking hamburgers, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> but then cows were <laughs> cows were girl animals too. And so then I was like, okay, all right? And so I was like, how do how is she categorizing this kind of thing, right? So I'm, I'm trying to figure out how is she categorizing the difference between a boy animal and a girl animal? Because I'm not going to tell the birds and bees at this point. But um <laughs> But then what I realized is that most herbivores in her mind 
were girl animals. Right? <laughs> okay. So anything that was nice, like anything she thought of as a nice animal, that was a girl animal, right? Uh-huh. Like anything she thought was pretty was a girl animal. So like a horse, right? Or, or a unicorn. Those are girl animals, <laughs> did you, right? Did you say a unicorn was your favorite animal? I tried to just to see what would happen at some point, and, she, and I was rebuked thoroughly for it, you know, because I, I lost my man card with that one. Uh, but, but then, you know, I was trying to figure out well, what is a boy animal. Any carnivore counted, right? So, okay. any, so I could get away with saying lions, tigers, bears, right? Naturally, yeah. Naturally. But it, it, then anything that was kind of loud, you know, like a dog. Dog is obviously a boy animal. Cat's a girl animal in her mind, right? <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, and it makes sense. I mean, like once you figure out what's happening, it makes total sense what's happening here, right? Uh-huh. Uh, but then if I were to try, I was trying to test the waters and I was like, all right, what about a monkey, right? Uh-huh. And what do you think a monkey was? Uh, I would say a girl animal, I guess. You think? <laughs> Not to her. She thought a monkey was a, a boy animal because it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> because they're funny? Yeah, yeah, they're funny. You know? they're, how are they funny? <laughs> well, I mean, they do funny things, you know? Like, they okay. do. I guess I have seen a video of an orangutan. They're playful and funny. Put yeah. on sunglasses that someone dropped in there. Yeah, exhibit, they're funny. So that was pretty funny. I she think. knows that, like, ladies don't have the same kind of sense of humor as men. Like, so she, she well, knows. obviously, the answer here is you're just, you're, it's because you're raising a bigot in training. <laughs> well, I, I didn't teach her any of this stuff. You know, I didn't teach her. So, but then I, I tried to say, well, all right, what about a buffalo, right? Uh-huh. And buffalo is obviously a boy, you know? A boy animal. Yeah, it's obviously <laughs> a boy, just because it's strong, you know, it looks strong. And, you know, but the, the point, though, of the whole thing is that she knows, like, all right, like, if you try to, like, take stereotypical man traits and stereotypical woman traits and you map them on the animal kingdom, you come away with this intuition that some seem to be more like human manly, you know, and some seem to be more hu- human feminine. Right. Yeah. You know, we need to put out a poll this week asking is a monkey, a boy animal or a girl animal, a girl animal. <laughs> settle the debate. Hey, she would not let me say it's a girl, you know, for sure. <laughs> but, uh, that'll be the debate. But, um, no, I mean, so, but the point though, is just to say, I think, you know, uh, even young children know that men and women are different. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't, I mean, my goodness, just go, a, go to a high school and, you know, observe the different sports teams, right? The guys, like guys on sports teams look like, you know, some of them look like action figures, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the ladies don't, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. they don't, you know, so like, it's just, we're very different. And that says something about how we're made, but anyways, I hijacked you, but go ahead. Yeah. So if the Bible is, you know, so, okay, obviously we know there are a lot of men in the Bible who are masculine, right? Um, sure, right. And David's mighty men. Right. And I Samson. guess I guess it might be helpful. I was What I was going to ask is, you know, where does the Bible, does the Bible actually command us? So we know there are men in the Bible who are this way, but does the Bible actually command us to be masculine? But I think before I ask that, actually, I want to ask you to, um, you know, like let's just define biblical masculinity now that now that we're 20 minutes into the episode why don't we define like what biblical masculinity is so people understand what we're talking about because i sort of painted a caricature at the beginning that's like hey you know you gotta be you've got to be extremely muscular you know basically like superman strength you've got to uh you've got to 
know everything about every sport that goes on. You need to be, drink beer all the time and crush the can on your head, right? Drive a giant monster truck. Uh, that's a caricature, right? But then what, when we're, when we are actually talking about masculinity in a serious manner, what, what are we, what are we talking about here? What does the Bible, you know, say as masculine? Well, yeah, that's where like the other side has no definition of this concept whatsoever. And that's the problem. So basically what you have is the other side in this kind of discussion, you, you basically have men and women are interchangeable parts. The only difference that, that people can see is that there are certain roles there that are different if they believe that at all. Right. Mm -hmm. So men and women are different in that they have different roles. So obviously a woman is made to make a baby. Right. Right. Yeah. You, Right. Yeah. You, know, you can't even say Mo that. Was most Christians agree that that's the only way to make a baby these days. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but you're not allowed to say it really, even though it's obvious because then you're reducing a woman to a baby maker or something like that. And then what about the woman who can't have babies? And there are some women who are barren. So what do you make of that? But that doesn't, like the thing is like men and women are different. They're made to do different things, but in the minds of many people, you don't have, um, like those differences are purely arbitrary. Mm -hmm. So God just so happened to decide that a man should be the leader of his home. Who knows why, right? Yeah. Because a woman could lead just as well as a man, probably even better, but then that's just the way God decided it. Someone has to be the tiebreaker. So it just so happens to be the man who's going to be the tiebreaker. And that's the way that many people are actually thinking about these things. But then what that betrays is that they, they don't have this concept of masculinity that you're talking about that undergirds the project. So, um, as I've interacted with people, what they do then is like they only have a cat category for like what you might describe as the machismo or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, which is, uh, you know, the Spanish way of putting it, uh, which I mean, it's basically the category you've appealed to. Right. So the machismo category is like the abusive, loud male, uh, you know, confident guy, alpha male kind of type. Right. Who right. is brash, dominant, you know, probably sexually um, uh, active, you know, in that way. And you know, uh, treats women like garbage, treats women like trash. He's strong, right? Uh, engages in destructive behaviors. And, and so what's happening on this other end is like you have people who basically are, they only have like, they don't know how to tell the difference between like that kind of category, which is like a distorted kind of masculinity yeah. and then true masculinity and then femininity. Like they don't have, all they have is just, well, whatever the biblical idea of masculinity is, it's almost in their minds like the exact opposite of machismo, right? Mm -hmm. But then the exact opposite of machismo is uber femininity. Yeah. So then masculinity becomes uber femininity in their minds. And that's what's actually coming out, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what's like this was actually happening. But what you need is you need to realize, well, what is masculinity itself? It's not really that hard. I mean, you just have to ask yourself, how did God design men? So masculinity is meant to be contrasted with femininity in the Bible. Like the more you read the Bible, the more you realize that the Bible has given you a definition of masculinity. But what you want to do is you want to tie it to the roles and responsibility that God has given men and the corresponding straight strengths and weaknesses that men actually have. And so this, this like masculinity is just simply the, you know, the traits and the roles that are associated with being a man. Mm -hmm. Right. Which, which so, like the, so give us like a brief overview of what some of right, that looks like. Yeah. So over and over and over again, you know, you read the Bible um, and over and over and over again, you know, men are designed for war. Okay. Big shock, you know, so men are stronger than women. Women are described as the weaker vessel. Men are stronger than women. That means physically, you know, despite the fact that 
everyone wants to deny the obvious reality of Olympic records and sports competitions. Men are obviously much stronger than women, yeah. like significantly stronger than women, because God designed men to be stronger stronger than women. And that's why you can read the Bible over and over and over again, and you're going to see that men are over, over and over again told, be strong and be courageous, because strength, like physical strength, encourages mental strength, emotional strength. These are m- more in abundant supply in men than they are in women. And yeah. it's not even close, right? So that's because, so God's designed men to be warriors. Like that's why all the warriors in the Bible are men, right? And JL isn't even an exception to that. <laughs> you know, all she, like in order to, you know, beat Sisera, she basically had to lull him into sleep and then drive a tent peg through his head mm-hmm. when he was incapacitated and immobile. But you don't have some kind of Mulan like female character in the Bible because that's not real. Right. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so what you need, like, so men are designed to be strong. Um, and like, so like when you think about that one trait of masculinity strength, it can go two different ways. So it can go the machismo way, which is going to be basically where a man's going to take that strength and use it to destroy things yeah. and to hurt other people. And then if you, if you take that same strength component of masculinity and put it in a biblical perspective, then a man's going to use his strength to protect other people who are weaker yeah. and to work to the glory of God in order to like, so, you know, man's work was cursed. Like the toil of the ground was cursed for him. And that meant that him, plowing and digging and doing those hard things was going to be made harder, right? For him. But then the thing is that was a curse to him because he was made to do that, not woman, right? Mm -hmm. So woman wasn't made with the physical strength necessary to be the one plowing the field. (laughs) You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, basically strength, uh, in a bib used in a way that honors God is meant to create things and protect those created things, right? Right. So that's one characteristic of masculinity is strength. And that's why over and over again, you know, men are told, you know, act like men, be strong, be courageous, right? Enter into the promised land, be strong and courageous. You know, every single new king is told to be strong and courageous and do the things that God calls them to do. The strength and courage are masculine virtues that, that are there, right? So that's part of it. So you think about the roles, but then there's also leadership. Men are designed by God uniquely to lead. This isn't just something that, like, um, that could go either way. It's not just that women could be good, just as good of leaders as men. Men are designed to lead. So men are designed to protect. They're designed to provide. They're uh, designed to lead, and um, you know. And then they're also designed to sacrificially give of themselves to other people. So you think about masculinity. Like all I'm trying to say is you, you're tying it to these roles. You're tying it to these responsibilities, and what's undergirding it is the. Uh, is the physical differences between men and women that are going to make these things into um, um, the, enable them to accomplish the roles and responsibilities that God has given them. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So, so the fact that we're stronger, you know, it means that masculinity looks like protecting and building, creating new things, but then leadership as well, being able to make decisions and then also just giving up ourselves Right. Especially right. Yeah, like so for our family and our, our local church, I assume. Yeah. So we're equipped to be, you know, strong physically. We're equipped to be strong mentally, right? Mm. Strength and fortitude, courage. And that's going to equip us to be leaders. It's going to equip us to protect other people. You know, that's going to equip us to do the hard physical labor of creation, 
that we're, to work hard hours, to give of ourselves, to engage in backbreaking labor, you know, all that, like all that's, that is tied into this concept of biblical masculinity. I mean, there's a lot more that we can say there. I'm just trying to say that everyone knows what masculinity is, and it's not all that hard to figure it out. And my daughter can figure it out. She knows the difference between masculinity and femininity, you know. And so, and then part of how you do it is you contrast like things that, I mean, it's all the gender stereotypes that you can ever imagine, like that's masculinity. And it's not as if the Bible is rejecting these normal, obvious things. The thing is, it's just channeling the, them in helpful ways instead of right. unhelpful ways. And and so now the problem is that you have a lot of like people who are coming along and saying, well, you know, not everyone looks like Chris Hemsworth or something like that, right? Yeah, I definitely don't look like him. <laughs> so, but if he's the standard of masculinity, then, you know, then you're shaming all these guys who, you know, have their soft doughy hands and, you know, their uh, effeminate girl voices and all that. And, you know, are you saying that they're somehow not a man anymore? And don't we need to encourage everyone and build everyone's self-esteem? And part of the problem, though, is, yeah, not, not everyone is equally manly. Mm -hmm. Sure. Right. Not every woman is equally feminine. Right. Yeah, they aren't. They aren't equally feminine. We know that, right? Yeah, just like everyone's not, you know, we don't all have sa the same IQ. Yeah, we don't. We don't. We're, we don't have all the same ability when it comes to, you know, sports or music or, you know, whatever it is. We're all different, right? We're different. Yeah. So, I mean, like, just take, you know, let me say something that would horrify everyone. Like, girls come in different shapes and sizes, right? So, you know, a girl who has more of an hourglass figure, what do you describe her? Everyone knows what you describe her. You say she has a womanly form, right? Right. Yeah. A girl who uh, doesn't have an hourglass figure who's straight, what do you say? You say she has a boy form, boy, boy shape, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. So we know that there are, you know, there's variation within the sexes, but what you don't do is you don't um, use those variations to basically um, uh, destroy the concept of masculinity and femininity together. Do you, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. you don't take like the fact that there are variations, uh, but then you also have to like, say, well, why, like you can make those variations much more pronounced by being the kind of man who only hangs out with women, who has no male influence in your life and who intentionally re rejects anything that would, uh, could uh, conceivably be understood as a masculine activity. So if all you do is sit around having girlfriends, chit chatting with girls and, you know, you never, uh, ever even remotely try to do anything that might require strength and courage and you reject all of those things. And, you know, all you do is, you know, watch girly movies and, you know, uh, and, you know, that kind of thing. And all your influences in your life are girls. It may be that you come out not very masculine. Right. But what you haven't done is disproven the concept of masculinity. All you've done is show us how to reject it. Yeah. Yeah. D does that make sense? Yeah. And. You know, that kind of leads me into, I was going to ask you like, Hey, what do you tell the per because obviously, you know, obviously everyone's not the same. Obviously there are going to be people who, um, who sort of fall into the, the, uh, you know, the gender stereotypes more easily than other people do. But then what you don't want to do as a Christian is encourage a man, for example, to all of the sudden, because he doesn't feel like he fits into the, you know, masculine sort of stereotype that, that there is. And I'm saying stereotype. A lot of people view that as like a, a negative only word. I'm not, I'm not using that as a negative word. I'm just saying, Hey, there is a, there is literally a stereotype, right? 
and it's not bad that it's there. But when you, uh, when a, when a guy doesn't fall into that, he's going to be tempted to say, okay, well, I, I must not fit in here. Let me go. Let me go look elsewhere and find something else that feels a little more my speed. What, what do you, um, what would you encourage that kind of guy with, uh, to help him, um, sort of, you know, pursue masculinity over femininity? Yeah. I mean, I don't think that, you know, <laughs> the, the stereotype here is just to say that art or the thing that people hear, the caricature is that, okay, if you're not very manly, then like, you know, you need to go and learn how to play sports. And, and I would say, Hey, yeah, that may actually help you a little bit. Even, you know, even if you aren't very coordinated and if, even if you aren't actually gifted that way, mm-hmm. it, it may be good for you to hang out with men. And, and I mean, it's not as if there's no benefit there to adopting um, those practices, but, I, mean, I think what you want to do is you want to look at the biblical roles that God has given you to do and and try to do the type of thing pursue the type of activities that are that are going to make you the best equipped to embody those roles so mm-hmm. and part of part of the reason why these things are a little bit confusing is because we live in a society right now where there are basically no expectations upon a man to protect a wife, for instance. So let's just take one of those roles. Let's talk about strength, developing strength and courage. Well, you're living in a society right now, like you, if you make a decent kind of income, you can put yourself in a pretty safe neighborhood to where you're not, like the need to protect like your wife and your family is relatively low. Yeah, right? yeah. Right. So, but then the issue is if you abdicate that role of having to protect them because you're living in a pretty safe place. Other men are going to pick up the slack for you, right? That's why you have police officers and everything else. They're picking up the slack for you. They're being the strong and courageous people. So you don't have to be, mm-hmm. but, but that doesn't like, but what you've done is you've just handed over that role to someone else. Right. Yeah. And we all take that as just normal that you hand that over to someone else. But then just imagine like the anarchy actually happens. What then? Right. Mm-hmm. So, Imagine that the BLM rally comes to your neighborhood, right? In order to demonstrate uh, like the racism that's inherent in all of your white privilege and they're knocking on your doors, like then what, right? Imagine that like you're living in Chaz. Like, <laughs> I mean, imagine, imagine that we do get nuked by the Russians or whatever, right? And the government's out and it's all, and it's anarchy all the way down, right? Mm-hmm. But at that point, you're going to realize it's your job to protect like you with your soft doughy fingers, right? Right. That haven't done a meaningful day's work in your whole life. You're going to be responsible to protect your family because that's what God calls you to do. And you're going to be woefully unprepared and inadequate to do that because the first sign of danger, you're going to, you know, uh, basically um, pee your pants and fall on the ground and, you know, in tears while horrible things are done to your family. Right. Mm -hmm. So like the issue is you have that role, you have that responsibility. And right now you're not being forced to face it. Like you're not being forced to face it because you're living in a civilized society that's taking over those jobs for you. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, but what I'm trying to say though, is if you didn't lean on that and you say, Hey, this is actually my job. And if you can put yourself in a different kind of society where it become much more imperative, like then you might realize, well, that's why, the weaker vessel typically gravitate towards men who look stronger than you look. And it's not because they're just being irrational. It's because they're making a calculation. 
they're saying, if danger comes, I think that guy could take care of me better than you can. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, you know, and I, I think, I mean, I heard, um, you know, I was listening to some Mike Tyson interviews along these lines and, <laughs> and, uh, you know, there, there's the like the beautiful wisdom. women. <laughs> Mike Tyson. It'd be beautiful. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, I can't remember, um, someone was talking about Mike Tyson, but basically there'd be beautiful women who would, you know, want to be seen with him. And someone asked one of them, you know, why, why do you want to be? You know, why, why are you so attracted to Mike Tyson? I mean, he's a pretty ugly dude, right? <laughs> and, and, it's, and, you know, her response was, there's something to be said about being near the, the you know, the guy who can beat every other guy up, right? <laughs> you know, and, and I mean, so, but here's the point. The point though is just to say, hey, if you, you're not, you don't naturally gravitate towards those things. Well, it's like you're living in a society that doesn't force you to. Mm-hmm. But if you can put yourself in a different society, what that would force you to do is to say, hey, I do have to actually keep myself reasonably strong yeah. in order to do the things that God has called me to do. And then I also have to have developed the courage necessary, not just to fold like a cheap card trip trick whenever danger comes. Mm-hmm. And so like traditional stereotypical masculinity, it does train men to have courage to face like, you know, just look at all the YouTube videos out there. And what these YouTube videos are showing is that men are putting themselves in reckless situations. And you think, well, that's just stupidity on display. It's like, no, they're training themselves to have courage, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, you can be the guy who says, I don't want anything to do with that because I I'm, I don't come naturally as good as some of the other guys, right? Uh-huh. But then the thing is, it's like, well, if you throw yourself, like, you can, you can reject all that, but what you're doing is you're really intuitively making yourself more undesirable to women, which is why, you know, and plenty of effeminate guys are being pegged as being basically sodomites, right? Mm-hmm. And they end up being tempted that way is because they're making themselves detestable to members of the opposite sex because that lady knows she's weaker than you and she knows she needs someone stronger than her. And she doesn't want a guy who's too afraid, like so afraid of her. You know, if he's afraid of her, he's going to be he's going to fold like a cheap card trick when the, when the robbers come. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the point though, is just to say, Hey, you may not be as good at first, but you can work your work as hard as you can and try to compensate for it because God's roles don't change. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So there's something to be said about basically trying to, um, you know, uh, not necessarily like, <laughs> okay. So we live in a first world country where you really don't, you really don't, have these kinds of problems, I guess, unless, unless you move to like a, a democratic, a Democrat run city or something. Right. Um, but it depends on where you live. right? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it depends on where you live, but like where we live, for example, is fairly safe overall, you know, so I'm not, every time we're going out, I'm, you know, I'm not having to fight off, you know, 20 guys that are trying to rob me and my family. Um, but there's probably something to be said about like, Hey, you know, you should, you should at least get in that mindset, right? Like, Hey, wh- what do I do in this kind of situation? Am I prepared to protect my family, for example, in this kind of situation? But then beyond that, even, you know, um, uh, pursuing things like, <laughs> I guess what are, what are typically viewed as more masculine activities as well. Right. So like there, there's yeah, probably I mean, if you, something if you're physically that, strong, aren't you more confident? Right. Yeah. I mean, if you, when you work out on a regular basis, you think, man, I can, I'm, I'm getting stronger. That boosts your confidence. That's not just, I mean, so yeah, it has limited value in terms of bodily exercises of little profit, 
but like it it also does like give you more confidence and make you um like you know when you just let yourself go and you 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 turn yourself into the weakest possible version of yourself you don't have confidence and if you don't have confidence you can't be a good leader right Right. yeah and I, i think there is something to be said as well about you know paul and that society it's not necessarily like they were the society was not like our society so our society there's there's a ton of jobs that you can get where you basically just sit all day long right sure and you you might type things on a on a computer or work some kind of touch screen or or draw perhaps or whatever but but back then in the society that he's talking to, everyone was pretty outside working. All the men were outside working, right? Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, yeah. I mean, either being a soldier or having some kind of hard ag- ag- agricultural job. Right. Sure. And so, so sure, you know, when it comes to actual, like, whatever their version of like Gold's Gym would have been, <laughs> right? Right. Um, there, you know, there's not a lot of value there, but then that doesn't mean that they were weak. Right, right. And so, so for us, muscles are for show more than anything. Right. But, I mean, depending on where you're at, you know, if you're in prison, they're not for show anymore. You know? <laughs> yeah. You have to, you have to actually start thinking about, Hey, I yeah, need to be yeah. a man and, and defend myself. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, so but wait, the, the point though, is just, you want to, you want to put on these, like you, you want to operate according to your design. So there's the kind of guy who basically says, Hey, I'm not as strong as other guys. I'm not as coordinated as other guys. So why even try? And there's the same kind of woman on the other side who does the same kind of thing. She says, I'm not as pretty as these other ladies. So therefore I'm going to make myself as ugly as possible. I'm going to let my armpit hair grow out. Right. <laughs> I yeah. refuse to even try. I'm going to let my hair just like be a mess, you know, cut it all off. I'm going to dress like a boy do. I mean, look totally unflattering. And like what you have is like that butch girl has basically surrendered the project of femininity. She's not even trying. Right. Mm -hmm. And then big shock. It's like, guys don't like her. It's like, yeah, you're not helping. Right. And the same thing is happening on the other end where where the guy basically abandons the masculine pursuits at all and pursues effeminacy. All that's happening is he's just, um, he's making himself more and more undesirable to women. Now that's just like, those things happen on a scale but then when you intentionally are pursuing femininity, you're not just rejecting masculinity. That's where we're having this kind of discussion where you can't even get people to say an intentional pursuit of femininity is wrong. So, I mean, I posted that picture of the guy with the long hair wearing a skirt, hugging puppies. Yeah. And there's plenty of people saying that, that there's nothing unbiblical about that. It's like, <laughs> well, that's that's not just rejecting like masculinity or being a poor man, right? Right. That's intentionally throwing yourself into feminine symbols. And that's part of what we need to talk about. Well, it's the wrong part of it. What, what I've the only argument I've seen anyone really propose, you know, who's in the camp that you're talking about, the one who's saying, Hey, intentional an intentional pursuit of femininity from a man is not biblical. Uh, un, it's not unbiblical. The only argument I've seen is like, hey, okay, so the Bible, you know, the Paul over and over again says, um, you know, act like men, right? Uh, the effeminate will not inherit the kingdom, right? But what sure. what I see them argue is, is, hey, so most translations don't even use the word effeminate anywhere. So sure. therefore, a guy can be effeminate and it's okay. Um, and yeah, so and what, specifically in, in, um, first Corinthians chapter six, Paul gives yeah, a list six, of things. Six, nine. 
yeah, verse six, nine, uh, uh, I mean, chapter six, verse nine, you know, he gives off a list of things. And one of those, uh, one of those things listed off is effeminacy as like a negative, right. as something that I can't remember right. if he says they won't inherit the kingdom or they won't enter the kingdom. I can't remember yeah. exactly. I'm sure. Won't inherit, yeah. Do not receive. Yeah. Yeah. Do not receive the, uh, you know, the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, neither fornicators, idolaters, nor feminine, nor, uh, or, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals. Right. Inherit to God. Now, some, some translations, uh, because of the Greek behind, behind this passage, some translations leave out effeminate and they just say, you know, those who participate in homosexual and, um, uh, I can't, I can't remember practice, homosexual, practice yeah. homosexuality. Yeah. Um, and, and, but then you have other, you have other trans, you have a few translations that use effeminacy as its own, right. uh, word on that list, but right. it seems like others sort of combine, um, right. that Greek word. And then the next Greek word into, uh, uh, homosexuality. Right. And so, yeah, right. so is that enough to say, Hey guys don't have to be masculine. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's the dumbest argument in the world, all right? So, I mean, what you have, you have two words there, two Greek words. One is arsenikoitai, and then the other is um, malakoi. And so, basically, um, what's being argued is the arsenikoitai is the active partner of a, you know, a sodomite relationship, and then the malakoi is the passive partner in the, um, in the sodomite relationship. And we'll let your mind fill in the blanks there as far as uh, all those things are concerned. And that may well be the case. Uh, it may well be that, you know, Malakoy is describing a catamite, you know, the mm -hmm. passive partner there. Uh, the, uh, the, you know, the, it basically it can have two different usages. So one usage could be soft or delicate to the touch. And then the other usage can be the usage of the passive partner. Uh, but like it really doesn't, like, there's a sense in which it just doesn't matter at all. Okay. So what you have is you have a group of individuals who basically are demanding that you need to, in order for effeminacy to be a sin, you need to have a specific word in the Bible that's, that says effeminate, right? Mm -hmm. So you need that. So that's what's being demanded. But that's just a silly way of arguing. <laughs> right, uh, yeah. So, I mean, Paul says to, you know, Paul says uh, uh, basically to, to um, let's see, First uh, Corinthians sixteen thirteen: be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Yeah, that's a command, by the way. That's a command. That's an so I, and I mentioned that. Yeah, I mentioned that in, in a meme, and someone came along and said, "You know, laugh out loud." You know, nowhere. Paul has never said that. You know, uh, that's nowhere to be found in Paul. And then I pointed to that verse, and that it basically caused them to rethink their life at that point. But uh, no, I mean, Paul tells men to act like men, to be strong, yeah. and over and over again, you see that the continual admonition to men in the Bible is to be strong and to be courageous, and this is what they're told to do. And so, like, the issue is, like, what is a man? What is a man and what is a woman? What is masculinity? What is femininity? So if God created men and women and God created men and women different, right? Mm -hmm. So he created them different and he designed for them to be, to have different roles. Then, like, here's the point. Like, the point is God's designed men and women different to fulfill different roles. If you're going to be a man like to act like a man, like if you're going to be a man in, in the way that God calls you to, if you're going to live up to the role that you designed, then you have to pursue masculinity, whatever that means. Right. Because Paul, I mean, Paul, Paul commanded it. <laughs> right. Act like well, men. Yeah. I mean, but, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, Paul says act like men, but then God made you different too. Right. Like, so part of this is like a design argument, meaning God made you to be a man. So you need to figure out what it means to be a man and pursue it. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what masculinity actually is, is pursuing things like pursuing manliness, like living up to your design. And that's going to look different than pursuing femininity. Right. Because right. femininity is a different design and there's different things that femininity is designed to do right mm -hmm. so it's a different it's a different type of thing like females are different types of things than men and we're created to do different types of things and so uh, if you want to prepare yourself to be a woman right it's like a woman going to a seminary in order to learn to be a pastor mm -hmm. like it literally makes no sense because you're not called to be a pastor so right. why would you be trained to do something that you're why would you train yourself to do something that you're not equipped to do and not qualified to do? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right? So like if I were to throw myself into, you know, um, like spend the bulk of my life learning how to have a baby and go to Lamaze classes and you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just nonsense. It's like, I'm wasting my time here. You know, I'm doing something that's just makes no sense whatsoever. And so like, that's where you have these two different concepts. And now like the idea of effeminacy, and this is what people don't understand. The idea of effeminacy is where a man is intentionally pursuing the traits, the habits, the mannerisms, the dress the, of a woman, right? Mm -hmm. And so then, you know, if you want to know why is that wrong, well, you know, there's plenty of passages that you can go to to show that exact same thing. So Deuteronomy 22.5 says, a woman shall not wear a man's garment nor shall a man put on a woman's cloak for whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord. Why are they an abomination to wear a woman's garment? Why is it for a man to wear a woman's garment an abomination to God? That's a pretty heavy statement to say it's an abomination, right? Yeah. So what is the sin there? The sin there is a sin of effeminacy. Mm -hmm. So you're a man and you're presenting yourself as a woman by putting on a woman's garment. Why is it shameful for a man to have long hair? And why is it shameful for a woman to have short hair? Because you, with your hair, are pursuing like a woman with short hair is pursuing is embodying masculinity a man with long hair is embodying femininity yeah you're rejecting like you're re god's design right so a woman's designed to have long hair for her glory it said the text says like so if you if you grow your hair out as a man what you're doing is you're having pretty girl hair you're, that's not what you're designed to do you're designed for a different purpose function so whether or not you're you're the you know the passive partner in a sodomite union you know quote unquote what you're doing is you're presenting yourself as a woman sexually, right? Mm -hmm. Growing out long hair, you're presenting yourself as a woman with your hair, right? That's effeminate, right? So you can be effeminate in your actions, presenting yourself as a passive partner. You can be effeminate in your hairstyles. You can be effeminate in your dress, but you can also be effeminate in your mannerisms, right? Mm -hmm. And you can be effeminate in your rejection of masculinity by instead of being strong and courageous, as the Bible tells you over and over again, you pursue weakness, and femininity, right? So like the, the issue is that there's a concept, like, like all those things are symptoms of a, of a problem, like a bigger problem that's rejecting the design that God has for you. Right. And God doesn't like it when you, when you reject that design. So if you're a man who's basically making yourself as girly as you possibly can, you're rejecting the design he made you for. Now, and not only is it a sin against him, it's just you're ruining your life, right? Yeah. Like when you yeah. do that, all you're doing, you're making yourself undesirable to women even more so than you already feel. And you're making, you're flagging that you're open to same sex relationships. That's what you're doing. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah, so and it seems like a lot of, it seems like a lot of times those kinds of people end up, you know, 
pursuing those kinds of relationships instead of normal heterosexual ones because they're playing into it, right? Right. You're just giving, yeah, same thing with the lady, you know, who dresses like a man, you know, starts talking like a man. All of a sudden, you know, who do you think is going to be attracted to her? Well, men aren't going to be attracted to her, only women. And then it's like, well, I guess I'm a lesbian. Right. Uh, I have all. So like what you're doing is you're sabotaging your ability to actually live according to God's design. You're doing something that's fundamentally an abomination to him anyways. And then you're, um, yeah, yeah, preventing yourself essentially from being yeah. able to follow through with the things he's actually called you to. And so for the, the people that are saying, hey, it's okay for a guy to be effeminate, basically for them to prove their point, they have to, if, if you know, assuming, assuming they're Christians who, uh, who believe in the Bible, um, they have to, they have to have some kind of verse or some kind of passage that is, that speaks to, um, you know, the permissibility of a man being allowed to pursue femininity and it, and it be presented as like a positive thing. Right. Um, I mean, that's yeah, basically so the what burden we're of doing. Can go, yeah. The burden of proof can go both ways. Right. So they can look at us and say, well, I need the burden of proof. You need to show a proof text in the Bible that says effeminacy is wrong, but we can look at them and you say, no, you show me a proof text where it says femininity is okay. Right. Yeah. Right, because so I, I mean, we're, I mean, number one, it's pretty easy to find a proof text. From, from our, you know, that are, that, uh, proves like what we're saying here. Um, but then, you know, on the flip side, I don't know that I can think, I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing. Yeah. I mean, you basically have to take every, like you, the only way that it makes sense is if you do, if you have no concept of masculinity and femininity. So what, what's happening is that basically you have a group of people who can't tell the difference between a man and a woman, except for certain biological things that are different. Right. And so then ontologically, in terms of their makeup, men and women are in interchangeable parts. They just look, they have cosmetic differences on the outside, right? Mm -hmm. Basically, the only difference between a man and woman is that a woman can technically have a baby. Right. In the minds of most evangelicals. So if that's your understanding of these things, there's no difference. They're only purely cosmetic differences, period, the end. Then this conversation we're having is incomprehensible. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I, I think the other the only other possible argument um, against what we're saying that I can think of is the person who comes along and and you know basically creates a straw man uh, with the right. what, what kind of, what what did you call that the machismo machismo the machismo masculinity you know um, right and and which the Bible Chuck Norris masculinity yeah which the Bible like <laughs> it doesn't condone that kind of masculine the kind of masculinity that is you know, aggressive just to be aggressive and get your own way and, you know, and destroy things. Right. That's, that's not the kind of masculinity. The Bible, the Bible tells us to pursue. That's not what honors God. And so I could see them trying to create a straw man, um, with that, but, and, and possibly to, you know, maybe, maybe present Jesus in a way that he's not actually presented in the Bible because, you know, there, there are a lot of people who are confused and think that Jesus was like a, you know, a seventies hippie with, right. <laughs> with long California flowing hippie. hair and, and flowers, flowers, uh, in his hair. And, you know, he's got, um, bell bottom jeans or something. I assume, uh, drives a Volkswagen van or something, I guess. And, um, and they would look to that and say, see, you know, Jesus is rebelling against the you know typical notion of masculinity even when he gets captured he doesn't fight back he tells peter to not even fight back right 
he tells right. Peter to not defend him. And so he is breaking the stereotypical norm here. And, and I think that's just a silly thing to try <laughs> to try and argue. Number one is it's not really accurate to who Jesus was because Jesus actually was pretty aggressive. Um, and, and certain scenarios, yeah, cleansing the temple, yeah, yeah you I mean, brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the wrath of God. Yeah. I mean, that's just not, that's just not generally like a, a, a female thing to do, right. Um, sure. to yeah. go, to go and flip o- over all the guys' tables and make a, make a whip to, to drive people out with, you know? Um, You're right. so, so it's not really a fair, you have, you have to create some kind of straw man basically is what I'm saying to even defend the or uh, to try and prove the fact that uh, the Bible is saying, Hey, it's okay to be a woman, but then you have to ignore all of the, yeah, the old Testament stuff about um, clothing, right. Um, about the responsibility of a man and leadership uh, that that's in the old Testament and the new Testament. You have to ignore Paul saying, Hey, li- I mean, just literally act like men, right. That, right. that has to mean that has to mean something. It's well, apparently, yeah, on Twitter, statement. it only means, yeah, on Twitter, apparently only that what that means is, um, like, it doesn't mean don't act like a woman. Uh-huh. But what? I don't know what that <laughs> <laughs> That's just like, don't act like a woman. Okay, so. I don't like know what the man. other option is. Yeah. Uh, you, like, if you're, if, if that doesn't mean don't act like a woman, you know, then I, I mean, I suppose what it means is like, don't act like a transgender person. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Okay, so so basically the Bible, you know, if we could try and sum all this up, basically the Bible is just it's teaching us that hey, okay, why why are effeminate men gross? Well, it's because they're rejecting their God given design in every right. way possible, really. Um, right. But then why is it wrong? Well, not only number one, it's wrong because you're rejecting your design, right? So you're sure. you're, t- you're looking at God and saying, hey, God, I I don't accept the way that you've made me. I'm going to I'm going to pursue something better in my eyes, right? But then it's also right. wrong just because there are actually explicit commands uh, that tell us uh, as men to act like men and avoid effeminacy, right? Sure. Um, but then there are other commands that you're basically not even able to uh, sure. pursue anymore and, and try and obey because because. Uh, as a um, consequence of not behaving like a man, right? Right. Uh, and and those can that, yeah. I mean, and it's like unloving to everyone around you. It's unloving, yeah. Well, because I mean, because you're not you, creating anything. It's harder to produce anything of value when you're not creating anything. Well, with I your mean, you're making your and, yeah. I mean, if you want to make yourself revolting to your spouse, then try to right. be the opposite gender than what you actually are. And if you want to profoundly confuse your kids, and you know, have, give them no picture about what they right. should be aspiring towards. You know, so, I mean, God's, the thing is God's designed the world the way that he's designed it. And he's designed women to be attracted to men who are manly. And he's decided to attract, he's designed the world in such a way that men would be attracted to women who are feminine. Mm-hmm. And if you want to reject all that, like, let's say that you somehow get married You're you're still, you know, making your spouses, like providing them temptations to detest you. Right. You know? <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, I think that's a good place for us to sort of wrap all this up on. And hopefully this has given you guys a lot to think about. And, um, it really, it has equipped you to number one, just, you know, go to the people around you and who especially for guys, go to the other guys around you who really feel like they're struggling with these things and feel like they don't, you know, naturally fit into the, 
the um, the biblical type of masculinity that's presented in the Bible. And so that uh, this has given you the tools, basically, and the understanding to come alongside them and help encourage them to pursue masculinity uh, as a command, because I think it's pretty clear that the Bible says men, you know, they need to act like men and, um, and you know, uh, assuming the same for women, women need to not act like men, but act like women. And so hopefully that this has been an encouraging conversation for you guys, something that's really equipped you guys. We thank you for all the support that you give us each week as you watch uh, the episodes, as you listen to the episodes, and we look forward to having you on the next one. This has been another episode of Bible Bashed. We hope you have been encouraged and blessed through our discussion. We thank you for all your support and ask you to continue to like and subscribe to Bible Bashed and share our podcast with your friends and on social media. Please reach out to us with your questions, pushback, and potential topics for us to discuss in future episodes at BibleBashedPodcast at gmail.com and consider supporting us through Patreon. If you would like to be Bible Bashed personally, then please know that we also offer free biblical counseling, which you can take advantage of by emailing us. Now, go boldly and obey the truth in the midst of a biblically illiterate world who will be perpetually offended by your every move. Thank you.